Well, good morning. We have a massive audience with standing room only here today at the Father's Church. Oh, well, it's probably getting picked up in the back. Um, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. It's a pretty day outside. We're all happy and healthy and ready to have a little teaching this morning. Um, everybody good? Hallelujah. I was thinking this morning as I was in my mind preparing to share, and it seems like frequently I start my discussions off with, frequently I was walking my dog. And frequently I was walking my dog. And actually I wasn't just walking uh, Shadow, I was walking Shadow and Scarlet. Uh, Monica and Olivia are traveling uh, last part of last week and per first part of this week, so I have dog duty. So it's just me and the dogs. But, um, so actually it was on Friday because I made a note in my journal. So if you'll recall, the, um, the presidential, the first presidential debate was Thursday, right? I guess if you want to call it a debate, it was really kind of a shouting match. Um, it was something, wasn't it? Yeah, he did. I know Trump said that he debated two people, Chris Wallace and Biden. But I was uh, I was walking my dogs on Friday morning after that, and I, and I did watch it. We actually had a debate watching party at the Terrell household, pizza and all. Right? Um, so, anyway. Um, so that... Then the next morning I got up to walk the dogs and there's a lady in the neighborhood named Jerry and Jerry and I, she's got a little dog she lives in the back house of her kids and she's a sweet lady and um, she, one time I was walking Shadow and she approached me and she'd like, we always have a little conversation and she came over and she said oh, like I have something to, to tell you she said now you're not a Trump fan are you? Trump, you're not a Trump supporter, are you? Now, I'm, I'm pretty quiet about, about my political beliefs. I mean, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm just, it's just how I feel I should be. And I, I pray about it, and, and I just, I feel that I, I know what I believe, and, you know, the Lord knows what I believe, and that's really all that I need to know until Election Day, and then I can, you know, cast my ballot. So, I, I, I actually thought for a moment, I thought, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to test this out. And I said, Jerry, I am a huge Trump supporter. He is my man. He is my president. And I support him 100%. And she, like, kind of took a step back. Like, totally shocked. Like, I can't believe you would support President Trump. She said, really? And I said, absolutely, I am. A stark raving fan. And she's like, oh, oh, oh. And I said, well, go on and tell me your story. You know, so she went on and told me a story about her son and Biden and his, you know, interactions with him years ago and yada, yada, yada. But, um, it, I, you know, so I, I left and I was, I, I was thinking about that interaction. I thought, well, that's, you know, that's just, it's interesting because I don't want to debate. I don't want to argue. I don't want to fight. I don't want to throw mud. I, I don't want to get into all that. So that was a while back. So the other morning I was walking Shadow and Scarlet. And um, there's another lady in the neighborhood that, I, that I've met, her and her husband. Her name is Shal, and her husband's name is Richard, and they live down the road. And so I, I, we walked down the street and kind of up and walked up the corner by Shal's house, and I'm, I'm walking up, and I see Jerry coming down. And so she's, she says, well, how was your trip? You know, I went on this trip recently into um, Colorado and Moab. So I was talking to her. Well, then... I see Shal's little dog come running out, and Shal comes out. And she yells to Jerry. She says, she says, it's a great day. Did you hear? President Trump and Melania have COVID. Oh my so I guess this was a couple of days after the debate, okay? And so Jerry's standing there looking at me, and I hear her say this to Jerry, not to me. And Jerry's probably recounting in her mind the conversation that we had had a few weeks back. And so she like walks on and she's like, shh, 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 shh. 
And so I'm like, you guys have a great morning, you know, have a you know, wonderful day, yada, yada. So I, I, I continue walking my dogs. And I, no, Mark, you're right. I'm not going to engage in any of that. As a matter of fact, the other day I had that exact thought because I, I thought, you know, if anybody starts to go there with me, I'm going to tell them, I, just stop right now because I am not entering in to any negative talk about our leader, period. Like him or not like him, I'm not entering, I'm not entering in to any talk about him like that. So I, I had this experience and of course, you know, when something like that happens, you think about it and you reflect on it, which I did. And um, when I and I wrote in my, the reason I got my journal up here, I wrote in here. Um, I said, you know, when this happened, I was. I guess to, I guess I could say I was disappointed, because it really, it's a and it's an. And I'm not saying this is true of everybody, but it's a really an indicator of people's attitude. They're happy that the leader of our nation and his wife contracted a, you know, a, something that's been fatal for many, for a million people, right? That's a sad, sad um, state of affairs that we find ourselves in. I mean, this is the leader of the greatest nation on the earth, and this is how. Um, you know, a lot of people think it's just it's it's a, it's a bad bad deal. So um, that got me thinking about my teaching for today, and I do have a teaching sheet thanks to Stacy Maston. I forgot to print it out, and uh, Stacy was able to get it done for me. Thank you, Stacy. Um, I did not write a bunch of stuff on this teaching sheet. All I did was put some scriptures on here. And I titled this, For Kings and All Who Are in Authority. Okay? Because after this experience, you know, I started thinking about this. And I want to I read first before we go anywhere. I want to read, and this is not on your sheet. I want to read Mark 13. And I'm, I'm going to just kind of paraphrase as I go through. Um. So Jesus was going out of the temple, and one of his disciples said, hey, look at all these beautiful buildings. I mean, the stonework that's, that's, that's been done, how beautiful these, these buildings are. They're wonderful. And Jesus said to him, you see how great these buildings are? Not one stone that's stacked on top of another one is going to be left standing that won't be torn down. This, this place will all be destroyed and torn down. And so then they go on, and Jesus was sitting on the Mount of Olives opposite the temple, and Peter and James and John and Andrew were questioning him in private. And they said to him, tell us, when will these things be? You know, when, when, is, when is the end coming? When is the temple going to be destroyed? And, and you know, when is this going to happen? So Jesus says, look, you need to pay attention that you let no one deceive you. Then he goes on to say, many are going to come in my name, and they're going to say, I'm him, I'm, I'm the Christ. You know, when you hear of wars and rumors of wars, I want you to not be frightened. These things have to take place, but it's not the end yet. Nation will rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, various earth, I mean, earthquakes in various places. There's going to be famines. There's going to be lots going on in the natural uh, realm as, you know, as well as in the, in the spiritual and these are simply the beginnings of the birth pangs. You know, I've, I've not, I'm not a woman. I haven't had a kid. <laughs> but I know how that goes. I mean, it's like, ooh, you know, all of a sudden you start to feel it. And then uh, that's the beginning. That's, so that's these signs are the beginning of, of the end. And Jesus goes on to say, be on your guard because they're going to deliver you up to the courts. You're going to be flogged in the synagogues. You're going to stand before governors and kings for my sake because you're going to be used as a testimony to them. The gospel must first be preached to all nations. And then when they arrest you and deliver you up, don't be anxious beforehand about what you're going to say, what you're going to speak. It will be given to you in that hour. For it's not you who speak, but it's the Holy Spirit that speaks through you. 
you know, brother's going to deliver brother to death, father's going to deliver his child to death, children are going to rise up against their parents and have them put to death. You're going to be hated on all account of my name, but the one who endures unto the end will be saved. Man, you think about that. It is a mouthful. I mean, you think about that. What do you mean the one that survived till the end? The one who endures the persecution unto the end. The one who stays faithful to the gospel and to bringing the message, even through all these trials and hardships. I've read that before in Judeal Times. What does that mean? The one that endures. Anyone. Anyone, oh, anyone. who endures. Okay. Okay. Any one of us in this room that endures yeah. okay. these trials and these tribulations and these hardships and we stay true to the calling of Christ we will be good. Yeah, I got you. Okay. And the thing that's crazy about even reading that is that we've always read it as some futuristic scenario. And it's not that we haven't had in our mind that, okay, we're living in the end times, but when you actually, you know, come, that, that futuristic vision starts getting clearer in your face and you're actually seeing the manifestation of it, it's a head turner. I mean, it, it gets your attention. To see these, like Pastor talking about, you know, 20 years ago, it couldn't have been the end times because none of the things had, had taken place that could actually make the end time prophecy doable. Right. Okay, well, that's in place. And then now you see the manifestation of the enemy's agenda totally in our faces. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and so then it kind of changes all those statements you just read become really real and you think okay so I'm actually going to be one that's going to have to endure I know now that I'm not going to escape that unless of course I get run over by a car tomorrow or later today no you know, and, I'm going to have to do it and you know another thing Stacy you think about you know talking about being persecuted in the end days right Christians being persecuted you know in my, in my mind when I think about persecution I think about you know, the, the early church persecution, right, where they took Christians and they drug them into an arena and they let the lions go and the lions, you know, basically ate them alive. Or persecution, you know, we're going to put, we're going to wrap you around the stake and light the fire underneath you. I mean, so in our mind, and I think the enemy has us in our minds sensationalizing that. Oh, you're, this isn't, you know, you're not going through that today. We are going through that today. We are going through that today. Okay. But I don't Oh, no, no. We have not reached the height. It's but but the it's the birth pangs, right? It's just the but beginning. Look at the way they're hating Trump, and then that's what you need to start to expect. I know. I'm, I'm telling you. The, the things they say, the, like the vilification is so evil. It is. It is we so. We haven't seen that. No, us. no. No, and, and that's what I'm saying. We, we are, we are, we are. Stepping into it. Yeah, if you think of like a timeline, we're like the first couple of notches, okay? But look at him by himself enduring that. I know. Okay, so let's let's keep going. Sorry. Let's, no, no, I appreciate the, I appreciate the, the conversation. Well, and that's, you know, I think we should be having conversation. Let me just say one more thing real quick. Yes. And that is, and also at that, in, the, in that same phrase is talking about every nation will know who I am. Mm -hmm. And look how far this 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 belief has spread and just, you know, recently. All the Brazilian people and every place that y'all have been, think about that. It's Fran, coming true. The, 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 the scripture, it says in, thir in uh, Mark 13, 10, and the gospel must first be preached to all the nations. And I do think about that. I mean, I am so thankful for you, Pastor, and for the calling and the, the purpose that's on this house and your obedience to that because we are being called to all nations I mean God rest his soul but Charles Baker put all those little flags up there and you look at them and, the, and, and it's growing I mean we are being true to that call we are doing our part in taking the message to all nations and you know back in the day you know we used to think oh my gosh how are we going to go to all these places today we can go all those places today at 9.16 a.m. Central Time in the United States of America, Dallas, Texas. We can go to every nation on the planet today yeah. via the World Wide Web. Thank you, Al Gore, for creating the Internet. <laughs> right? <laughs> that even elicited some laughter from Scott in the back. 
So, Fran, you're right. Um, it's got to be preached to all nations. So, so in those days will be a time of tribulation such as not occurred since the beginning of the creation of God. This is chapter, I'm sorry, verse 19. Um, until now, and never shall be again. And unless the Lord shortens those days, no life would be saved. But for the sake of the elect, whom he has chosen, he shortened the days. If any man says to you, hey, there's the Christ, you know, go see him over there. Don't believe him, because false Christ, false prophets will arise, and they'll show signs and wonders. But take heed, and I have told you everything in advance. In those days after that tribulation, the sun will be darkened, the moon will not give its light, the stars will be falling from heaven, and the powers that are in the heavens will be shaken. And they will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory. What I want to, and I'm, I'm going to stop there, but what I want to point out in this chapter, and, 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 and the reason why I'm bringing this up is this, this other lady, Shal, that was all happy about Trump and Melania contracting COVID, I've had some conversation in the past. You know, where do you live? We live up here. You know, my, well, I think I met your wife, you know, yada, yada. And that she, well, what do you do? And I told her, you know, I said, well, we're you know, really active in international ministry. We do a lot of um, teaching overseas and, and also in the, in the U.S. Oh, well, that's great. You know, well, I go to this church over here and, you know, starts talking about what do you think about this preacher and that preacher. So I know that, I don't know, I perceive that she has some understanding of you know the lord and the bible and and, and and the christian faith right and and she was even going so far as to you know lead me to believe that you know she was active in it too and that's when i thought about this passage that says in the end times even the elect will be deceived and we have got i mean i think we're all good but so many people have got to be on guard because the elect there is that eclectos, right? It's, it's, the, it's the ecclesiastics, you know, the ones that are churchgoers, the ones that are supposed to be preaching the word and bringing the message. Even the elect will be deceived. And so when I'm walking my dog back to the house, I'm, I'm thinking of all this, and I thought, you know, this is just, it's deception is what it is. It is absolute deception. And we have got to guard against it. Now, I was a little frustrated by this experience, you know, and I'm just, I'm, I'm not like mad and angry. Like I said, I was really more disappointed. But, you know, the fact that somebody's going to, you know, be happy that the leader of our country, whoever that is, yeah, a, a, a quote Christian, is happy over the, the leader of our nation and his wife getting sick with a, a potentially fatal disease kind of upset me. Right. He's out amongst the people, you know. Pressing the flesh, sharing, sharing. How old was that lady? She's probably early 60s. Okay. So then the Lord said, you know, read um, 1 Corinthians 13, which I'm going to do. I'm not going to read it all, but I'm going to read some of it. This is the love chapter. We've all read this before. But the reason why I want to read it is it, it, it calls to remembrance the attitude that we're supposed to have in these times. So, First um, Corinthians 13.1, if I speak with the tongues of men and angels, but I don't have love, I'm a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and I know all mysteries and knowledge, if I have all faith so as to remove mountains, but I don't have love, I am nothing. If I give my possessions to feed the poor and I deliver my body to be burned, but I don't have love. It does not profit me anything. Love is patient. It's kind. It's not jealous. It doesn't brag, and it's not arrogant. It doesn't act unbecomingly. It does not seek its own. It is not provoked, and it does not take into account a wrong suffered. It doesn't rejoice in unrighteousness, but it rejoices with truth. Truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. In the last uh, verse, verse 13, abide faith, hope, 
and love, but of these th three, the greatest is love. You know, my attitude in this situation should have been one of, well, it is one of love and care and concern and acknowledgement that there's deception going on. But we, we can't be, you know, we can't enter in and be haters also. You know, we, we can't hate them because of what they're doing. We have to maintain that um, spirit of love. And so I'm, I'm, I'm getting ready to come teach this morning, and I'm thinking about all this. And I was reminded, actually while I was driving over here, we had a realtor, Jack Coates, our first realtor. He's the only realtor we've ever had sold us both of our houses. He's a strong believer. And we were talking about homosexuality. Now, this was 30 years ago, 35 years ago. And he said something that has always stuck with me. He, he, with a smile on his face, he said, you know, Jesus loves the sinner, but he hates the sin. Okay? Jesus loves the sinner, but he hates the sin. And that has to be our attitude. You know, when, when we're looking at the far-leaning left and all the really damage that they're trying to do to our nation and our people and Christians, we have to love them. We have to hate their sin. We have to hate their M.O., but we have to love them, right? Because they will know we are Christians by our love. We all sing it, right? So um, that is a prelude to my teaching. Let's turn to 1 Timothy chapter 2. 1 Timothy chapter 2 beginning in verse 1, and I'm going to read, and I want to um, make a public service announcement because we typically all read from the highly anointed version that the Apostle Paul carried, the King James. I'm reading from the New American Standard Version today. Okay? Is that even... <laughs> Is that even legal? Is that legal to do? I think so. Okay. Oh, listen, we were... So we were taught we were having this discussion about different translations and we started talking about the English ESV the English Standard Version. Olivia googled something and, and she pulled she found something on the internet and it showed the King James version of some scriptures and then it showed the ESV version of the same scriptures and it blatantly omitted a good chunk of the word. I'm just saying I know we all have to be careful. But all there are Christians out there reading a Bible that does not contain the word, and they think that they're living the life that they're reading about. Right. It's kind of scary, honestly. You know, so I'm careful. We all need to be careful, but I think this is solid. Beginning in chapter 2, 1 Timothy 2, verse 1. First, first now this is the Apostle Paul. I'm sorry, this is Tim, Timothy speaking to um, his church. First of all, then, I urge that entreaties and prayers, petitions and thanksgivings be made on behalf of all men, for kings and all who are in authority, in order that we may lead a tranquil and quiet life in all godliness and dignity. I'm going to stop there. Okay? It is a mouthful. But, but, but this is our, this is, we know this is how we are supposed to conduct our affairs and our business. We are, the word instructs us to pray for kings and for all who are in authority. Why? Well, it says here that, well, I believe why is because we're instructed to. The word of God tells us to. That's why we do it. What are, the, what are the benefits of that, though? We get to lead a tra tranquil and quiet life in all goodliness and dignity, okay? I don't know about you, but I look around me, and there's not a lot of tranquility going on in the world today. It's not very quiet. And I think that, you know, leading a life like that in the spirit and presence of the Lord is A-OK, -okay. And I think that it, it causes our light to shine brighter in, in a lost and dying world. Uh, verse 3 goes on to say, This is good and acceptable 
in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. It is, and I, under, I, I made some notes here. So God desires all men to be saved. We know that. And he wants all men to come to the knowledge of the truth. Whenever I read the word truth in the Bible, for whatever reason, I think of Jesus before Pilate. And this is in John, and let's turn there. We're going we're gonna to read some scriptures, so I hope that's okay. Um, and they're on your sheet. So let's go to John 18, verse 33. John 18, verse 33. So Pilate enters again into the praetorium, and he summons Jesus, and he says to him, Are you the king of the Jews? And Jesus answered, Are you saying this on your own initiative, or did others tell you about me? <laughs> I like how Jesus answered a question with a question. So Pilate answers Jesus, and he says, I'm not a Jew, am I? Your own nation and chief priest delivered you up to me. What have you done? So Jesus answers, and he says, my kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, then my servants would be fighting that I might not be delivered up to the Jews. But as it is, my kingdom is not of this realm. So Pilate then says to him, so you are a king? Questioning him. And Jesus says, you say correctly that I am a king. For this I have been born, and for this I have come into the world. To bear witness to the truth. Everyone that is of the truth hears my voice. And Pilate said to him, what is truth? And with that, he stands up and he walks out to the Jews that are assembled. And he says to him, I don't find any guilt in him at all. What is truth? John 1, 17, flip back just a bit. The law was given through Moses, right? Old Testament, the law came from Moses. Grace and truth were realized through Jesus Christ. So I'm not telling you anything you don't know, but Jesus and the word is truth. And if we just flip over to John 8, verse 31 and 32, we read, Jesus therefore was saying to those Jews who had believed on him, if you abide in my word, then you are truly disciples of mine and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free that word um, abide or stay is the word that we've looked at before mino and it means to dwell um, and, 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 and we know that what we have to do is we have to dwell in his word and if we do dwell in his word we will know the truth in all, there, we'll know the truth in every hot topic of the day. Every situation that has come up, we will know the truth because it's found in His Word. And we'll be free, we'll be liberated, and we'll be liberated from all of the immorality that's going on around us. The basically, it's a domain, right? A sinful domain of the enemy that we're that we're in. Um. John 14, verse 15. Jesus speaking here, he says, I'm going to read 15 through 17. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And I'll ask the Father, and he'll give you another, a helper, that he may be with you forever. And that is, as we know, the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of truth, 
And this is what I want to point out. Whom the world cannot receive because it does not behold him or know him. But you know him because he abides with you and will be in you. When I read that, I thought, you know, the world cannot receive the spirit of truth because it refuses to see him and doesn't know him. And, you know, this is what I think should, amongst other things, but it, this is what really should motivate us. You know, we, when I have an experience like this with a neighbor, I mean, that's a person, that's a soul, that's a spirit that's going to heaven or to hell, right? And the fact that, that you know, perspective is twisted, iniquities in there, it should move me to concern and it should move me to action just like it moved the Apostle Paul, right? He wrote almost all of the New Testament. So um, let's go back, though, to 1 Timothy chapter 2. And let's continue on in verse 6. 1 Timothy 2, actually verse 5. So we read in verse 4, um, God our Savior, he desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God and one mediator also between God and man, the man Jesus Christ, who gave himself as a ransom for all. And the testimony born at the proper time. When, generally when we read that, you know, we read he gave himself for all, right? He, he paid the price, the one price, the one sacrifice, the one sacrificial lamb. All of us who believe on him, we've got, uh, we've got it. You know, we, that's our, our way into salvation and into heaven. But the second half of that verse stuck out to me. The second half of verse 6, the testimony born at the proper time. Now, born here doesn't mean born like a kid is born. It means born as in like lifted up and held up, you know, to, to bear up. We've all heard that, you know, to, to be born on eagle's wings. You know, think about that. It means to be lifted up, <coughs> to be testified in due time, um, or the testimony born up, lifted up at the proper time. So testified or born here is this word marturion, right? And we know that many uh, that have gone before us, including Jesus, were, were martyrs. I mean, they, they, they died um, for something. And this word marturion means something that is evidential or evidence that is given, okay? Jesus himself testifies to this in Mark chapter 1, verse 15. I'm not going to go there, but... You know, he, he basically says, you know, you seek the, the Christ, I am, I am him. You know, he, he's uh, reading, I think it's to the woman at the well, not reading, he's speaking to the woman at the well, and, you know, y'all are waiting for a Savior. I who speak to you today am him, right? He is, he is, he is proclaiming, just like we have to be proclaiming him as, 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 the one that was born at the proper time um, into this world for the salvation of mankind. But you know, you, Stacy, you, Mark Berg, the rest of us in here, we are something that is evidential also. Okay? You know, when we read about letting our light shine, we are letting our light shine as evidence of Christ. We are evidence. We are given into the world to be witnesses for such a time as this. And it is a crazy, tumultuous time. Um, Proverbs 16.4. read that. I'm so used to using my iPad. It's so much faster. Proverbs 16, 4, verses 3 and 4. Commit your works unto the Lord, and your plans will be established. I love that one. But verse 4 says, The Lord has made everything for its own purpose, even the wicked for the day of evil. The Lord has made all things for himself to be used of him and for his purposes. Amen? You know, his Romans 11 verses 33 and 36 talk about 
his ways are really past finding out. You know, it says, who knows his mind? Who can be God's counselor? Fran, can you be God's counselor? No, none of us, none of us can be. His ways are finding out. So in um, back in First Timothy two in verse seven, verses seven and eight, it says, "And for this I was appointed a preacher and an apostle." This is Paul talking. For this I was appointed. For this I was appointed a preacher and an apostle. I am telling you the truth. I am not lying. As a teacher of the Gentiles in faith and truth, therefore I want the men in every place to pray, lifting up holy hands without wrath. And without dissension. See, we can't, we can't enter into the wrath and look at our hands at the same time. We cannot. And that is really what is setting us apart right now. Mm-hmm. Because there are Christians who walk outside their door and say, this is a good day because someone's sick. Right. See, that's entering into wrath. And, and see, that, that's what's so crazy. That's what's so crazy about this moment. You're bringing up truth, and you know we do know the definition of truth as being something that comes from the Word of God, from the Spirit of God. It's something that was previously hidden, but now is being revealed to us. But they won't—they won't hear that. But they also won't hear the truth that are, that's just facts. Right. That's what I think is so crazy. I mean, you can show them live online. Just say what Trump, the things he signed, the things he's enacted, the, the bills he's passed, stuff like that, just factual things. Yes. And I'm telling you, it's like you're speaking pig Latin. I know it. Because he's just evil. He's so bad. He hates us. He's a racist. He's a this. He's a that. And you're just, that's just an area of wrath, and there's no truth or factual basis behind their beliefs. And so to say they won't hear the truth, heck, they won't even hear the facts. Right. They're, they're blinded. A level of deception that I don't think we've ever, we've ever seen it in our face before. I think it's always existed for people who have entered into that type of activity, but it's now just affecting people that have just been living their lives. I and mean, they're they're not good or bad. They're not trying to do this or that. They're not looking for God. Or, you know, they're just existing and partying on the weekends. You know what I mean? But they're yeah. not bad people. They're not cheating anybody. They're not lying. Stuff like that. But because they're not covered in the blood, because they've not entered into a covenant of truth with the Father, they'll believe anything, yeah. and they'll absolutely just blind it. I think about that scripture about being blown around by every wind of doctrine. You know, they, you know, we, we talked earlier about being tied to something or tethered to the word. Okay, you think about it, a boat, right? If you have a boat and you go up to the dock. You get the rope that's attached to your boat, and you tie it around. You know, you loop it around the the post, right? What are you doing? You're tethering your boat to the dock. It's going to anchor to the steady foundation. Right, something that's not movable, immovable, right? So that when the storm comes, right? Which storms come? I mean, you know, y'all have lived on lakes. I mean, you, you see see the big waves, yeah, right? Right. Good point. Just a breeze. But when the storms do come, or the strong breezes, you're you're not moved, right? You're you're tethered. And these that are out there today are not tethered. They may be Christians, but they're not tethered. They are being blown about by every wind of doctrine. They're just believing what's being spoken, whether it's truth or not truth. Mostly not truth, right? So you know this. I mean, we read in here Timothy, you know, talking about for this for this reason I was appointed a preacher, an apostle. You know, he says, "I'm telling you the truth. I'm not lying." And we need to understand that just like Timothy saying here, we need to be. You know, we don't have to go to seminary to be a preacher. Right? A preacher, if you look up the word preacher, it basically is one who heralds the truth. Okay? 
you think about back in the day before newspapers, they had these, these like town criers. They went out and they heralded what was going on. They went to a public place, they stood up on a stump or whatever they had, and they heralded the news of the day. That's how people got their news before the printing presses. Yeah. So, but Timothy tells us here, he's a preacher, he's a heralder, he, you know, he's a proclaimer of the truth. And we need to be that as well. He also says, I'm an apostle. And, you know, and what is an apostle? All an apostle is, is an ambassador of the gospel. One who is sent out, right? Apostle, apostle Ron, you know, we, we have uh, the church from Florida, they always talk Apostle Ron, Apostle Ron, Apostle Ron, Apostle Ron. You know, he's our pastor, but he also is an apostle because he is sent out to the world. Guess what, Fran? You're an apostle. The Lord has sent you out to be an ambassador of the gospel. And then a teacher of the Gentiles. What is a teacher? All a teacher is is an instructor. One who teaches and instructs concerning the things of God, right? Jesus himself showed men the way to salvation through his teaching, okay? I, I was thinking, you guys, my brain is so weird. I think I have these, like, conversations in my head. Uh, it really is. I have these conversations in my head. And I thought, okay, if you were not debating, but if you are having a civil discussion with this person that I encountered earlier. You know, okay, well, tell me, tell me how you feel about uh, uh, right to life or freedom of choice. Let's just talk about that, okay? Tell me how you feel about the LGBTQXYZ movement. Tell me what your thoughts are about that, okay? Tell me how you feel about public prayer, you know, your kids praying in school. How do you feel about that? You know, if, if we had these kinds of discussions, we could then go to the word, which is crystal clear on every one of these topics, and share this is the truth, okay? Because I think a lot of these people, they don't know. They've heard, they've grown up going to Sunday school, they've grown up going to church, you know, they, but they have not, I mean, you guys, this house and our network, churches, and the people involved that are still on board, we have done an extraordinary amount of digging and searching and dividing the Word of God, okay? We have got truth, I mean, Warren Buffett says, when it's raining gold, don't bring a thimble, bring a bucket. Okay? We don't have a thimble of truth. We've got the 55-gallon drum. Why? Because for the last 25 years, or however long it's been, we have been filling up that 55-gallon drum with the Word of God, the truth, on all kinds of topics. Okay? But we have got to be the heralder. We've got to be the one that speaks out. You know, the, the challenge we have, honestly, is the, the society is so vile and evil and, and there's so much hating uh, and cancel culture out there that if they believe for a moment that you're you know, a conservative, they just cancel you out. Whatever you say, it's in one ear out the other. Don't want to hear it. I'm not paying any attention to it. That's the kind of culture that we're in. So to, to, you know, to have a, a meaningful discussion about you know, what is truth, you know, you know, do you think it's important to be aligned with Israel? You know, I mean, I do. Blessed is that nation that supports Israel, right? So
correct. Stacy, excellent point. I was, it was fantastic. I think you should bring that message next time you teach. I was in, um, you know, I was on this trip recently that we planned to go to Colorado and the weather got bad and so we, we decided to go west in man and we went to Moab, Utah. And um, I was sitting there in a hotel and I was studying, and I was uh, making some notes, and I was thinking about things. And I wrote this down, uh, and this, Stacy, I think is where um, our society has really missed it. We know that there are two worlds going on. There is the carnal world that we live in, and there is the spiritual world, okay? And we know that our battle, because our word tells us, our battle is not against flesh and blood. It's not carnal. It's not physical. It's against principalities, powers, against the rulers of the darkness of the world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. So we understand, and most of society does not understand that this is not a physical Okay, this is a struggle in the spirit realm. 
And so it's as basic as, are you going to hell for eternity, or are you going to heaven for eternity? Right? I mean, we, when all this chatter goes on about, you know, left and right and, and you know, what you believe and, you know, all these issues, at the, at, the, at the bottom, the core, the quickest way probably to cut to the chase would be, are you going to heaven or hell? Right? Because if they say, I'm going to heaven, well, <laughs> we need to have a deeper discussion because you're clearly not talking about spiritual implications or spiritual issues. You're talking about everything that's coming out of your mouth is carnal, right? And so I think, Stacy, that you really you have kind of hit the nail on the head. People have to understand that it, it, it's not, this is not an earthly fight against man. I'm not fighting you because you're on one side and I'm on the other. This is a spiritual battle. And I drew this little picture, you know, about the spiritual world, the heavenly, the truth, the light, and then the carnal, the physical, Satan. And, and I drew this, like, this thing in between them, in between the two. And it's this constant struggle. And I wrote down here, the struggle, Ephesians 6.12. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Psalm 53.1. Are you a fool? You know, you, you, you could, you could, you could, you could start your discussion like that. You know, you're having this debate. Wait a minute, are you a fool? What do you mean, am I a fool? Well, I'm asking, are you a fool? Well, of course I'm not a fool. Okay. Well, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God, and you're acting like there is no God, right? Because you're going to reap what you sow, and you're acting like there's no God, because these are all carnal issues. So if you're, if you're not a fool. Tell me what you are. Because this is not a physical battle. It's a spiritual battle. And we have to decide, you know, are we going to fight for righteousness and life and truth and, and, and the salvation of, of man, as many as we can get to know? We read earlier, all men. The Lord wants all men to come to the knowledge of Christ. You know, are we, or, or are we going to let this darkness and death and lies and self and all that just continue to, you know, suck everybody in? I mean, that's, that's that. We have a couple minutes left, um, and I, I want to read something, if you'll let me. I want to read the entire chapter, Okay of Jude. Okay? It is enormously applicable. So I want to read this because this uh, Jude is the brother of James. He's the half-brother of Jesus. And when he started this letter, he had started to write a letter about salvation and pressing circumstances that were going on in the church, but all of a sudden something came up and he had to write a more pointed letter. And what was going on here is his church, the people that he cared about, his, his flock, if you will, they were beset by false teachers. They were beset by immorality covetousness, pride, and divisiveness. Okay? You know in Ecclesiastes it says there is nothing new under the sun. Okay? We are where we are and it feels weird and strange and a struggle to us, but it's not new. Okay? This has gone on before. Jude chapter 1. Jude, born a bondservant of Jesus Christ, brother of James, to those who are called beloved in God the Father and kept for Jesus Christ. Per mercy and peace be multiplied to you. Beloved, while I was making every effort to write to you about our common salvation, I felt it necessary to write to you appealing that you contend earnestly for the faith, which was once and for all delivered to the saints. Certain persons have crept in unnoticed, those who were long beforehand marked out for this condemnation, ungodly persons who turn the grace of our God into licentiousness and they deny our only master and Lord Jesus 
Christ. Okay. He's talking about people. He's actually talking about people that have come into the church unaware. Okay, that that like false teachers have crept into the church. And what the Lord told me about this passage, and He asked me to read this to you specifically, because He said Jude was writing to the church about religious quote religious leaders that had crept into the church unaware. But He says there are people that have now stepped into crept in however you want to put it into our society that are of the enemy that are leading people away verse 5 says now I desire to remind you through your knowledge of all things once and for all that the Lord after saving the people out of the land of Egypt subsequently destroyed all those who did not believe think about it the Lord delivers the Israelites out of bondage in Egypt right right delivers them from Pharaoh he gets them through the Red Sea he takes them into the wilderness he destroyed every one of them <laughs> wow you think of all the effort and all the work that was done to deliver the children of Israel from Egypt and the Lord destroyed every one of them whoa and it goes on in verse 6 and it says and angels angels who did not keep their own domain but abandoned their proper abode, their proper home, their proper place. <coughs> he has kept them, cast them out of heaven, and has kept them in eternal bonds under darkness for the judgment of the great day. These fallen angels are, are held in prison waiting to be released on the great day of judgment. And they were angels. Verse 7. Just as Sodom and Gomorrah and the cities around them, since they in the same way as these indulged in gross immorality and went after strange flesh and exhibited as an example in undergoing the punishment of eternal fire. In the same manner, these men also by dreaming defile the flesh they were, okay, think about what's going on in our nation. Defile the flesh and reject authority. And it says, and they revile angelic majesties. But Michael, the archangel, when he disputed with the devil and argued about the body of Moses, Michael, the archangel, fighting with the devil, it says, Michael did not dare pronounce against him a railing accusation, but he said, the Lord rebuke you. That's, to me, that's just amazing. Mike, Michael, the archangel, fighter. He doesn't enter into any debate. He just says, the Lord rebuke you. That's pretty simple. Verse 10. But these men revile the things which they do not understand and the things which they know by instinct like unreasoning animals by these things they are destroyed. Woe to them for they have gone the way of Cain. And there's, there would be some good study. I mean I, I studied this. I don't have time to go into it. But you, you study out the way of Cain. They have gone the way of Cain and pay, I'm sorry, and for pay, they have, so for money, they've gone the way of Cain, and for pay, they have rushed headlong into the error of Balaam. Study the error of Balaam. And most importantly, they've perished in the rebellion of Korah. Study the rebellion of Korah. I mean, those are three things that are very interesting to dig into. These men, God, I love... I love the descriptive, the imagery, the descriptive imagery of the word. These men are those who are hidden reefs in your love feasts when they feast with you without fear, <coughs> caring for themselves. Hidden reefs, a ship coming into port, right? Everything's good, moon's out, stars, it's dark, everything's calm. 
And what happens? It hits this reef and it is destroyed and all on board perish. That's what he's saying. These ones that have crept down unaware are like hidden reefs. They only care for themselves. They are clouds without water, carried along by winds. They are autumn trees without fruit, doubly dead and uprooted. They are wild waves of the sea, casting up their own shame like foam. They're like wandering stars for whom the black darkness of night has been reserved forever. And about these also Enoch in the seventh generation from Adam prophesied, saying, Behold, the Lord came with many thousands of his holy ones to execute judgment upon them all. And to, and to convict all the ungodly of all their ungodly deeds which they have done in an ungodly way and all of the harsh things which ungodly sinners have spoken against him, Christ. These are the grumblers finding fault, following after their own lusts. They speak arrogantly. They flatter people for the sake of gaining advantage, money, but you, beloved, ought to remember the words that were spoken beforehand by the apostles of our Lord Jesus Christ. That they were saying to you in the last time. Here we are. In the last time. There will be mockers following after their own ungodly lusts. These are the ones who cause divisions. These are the ones who are worldly-minded. These are the ones who are devoid of the Spirit. Does that sound familiar? We are there. Worldly ones, devoid of the Spirit. But you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. Man, I'm telling you, <laughs> this morning I'm walking my dog down the alley. I'm walking my dog, speaking in tongues down the alley, kind of singing, you know, I mean, and I'm thinking, man, if my neighbors are standing in their backyard, you know, I don't care, but I, I, you know, I mean, I, I, I'm, you you guys, tongues is such a, I mean, it's not a weird thing to us, but, you know, it's such a weird thing to the world, right? But the Lord uses the strange things to confound the wise, right? Speaking in tongues regularly is just, there, there's, there's just, uh, we cannot put enough emphasis on this. Praying in the Holy Spirit. Keeping yourselves in the love of God. And waiting anxiously for the mercy of our Lord Jesus Christ to eternal life. And then it goes on, it says, and having mercy on some who are doubting, okay? We have to show mercy, you know, uh, so let me read this. Having mercy on some who are doubting, saving others, snatching them out of the fire. And on some have mercy with fear, hating even the garments polluted by the flesh. You know, so, so it does not say here have mercy on all. Okay? It says have mercy on some who are doubting, on others, try to get them out of the fire. You know, you're you're a believer, but man, you're so close to the fire, your clothes are on fire, right? And I'm going to pull you out of the fire, but then it says hating even the garments polluted by the flesh. I'm going to pull you out of the fire with a rope because I don't want to touch your garments because they are so polluted. You know, just grab hold and I'll pull you out. Right? Verse 24, Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to make you stand in the presence of his glory, blameless and with great joy, to the only God, our Savior, through Jesus Christ our Lord, be glory, majesty, dominion, and authority before all time and now and forever. Amen. If that's not a word for us today, yeah, I, I don't know. I mean, so... That's the letter of Jude. I would encourage you to spend some time in that this week, maybe. Read it. It doesn't take long. We just did it. Um, and I want to thank you. I hope this wasn't totally discombobulated. Okay? 
because I felt a little scattered there for a bit, but um, we're here, I mean, we are here for such a time as this. It is a crazy, crazy time, but you know what? People need to know where we stand. People need to know, you know, that we're not haters, you know, we're lovers. We are truth speakers. Yes. Yeah. Social dilemma. Just released during this time frame. Really, the main part of it is these are tech experts that are sounding the alarm on the dangerous human impact on social networks and all the major platforms from Pinterest to Facebook. I mean, it's unbelievable. And they're all saying it started out good. So would you recommend that? Okay. Okay. The social dilemma. Yeah. Watch the social dilemma. And again, they're not, they're not saying in the beginning it started out with a great objective. I understand. When they created like the like button on social media. They they met. They, they wanted people just, but it's gone way off. Yeah. What was intended for good has right. been turned to evil. That, and that's why that's why they're starting here. Yeah. Totally. Um, I'm going to close this in prayer, and then we'll be finished. Father, we, we thank you. Lord, we thank you so much for the, just the revelation you've given us, the love you show towards us, your grace, your mercy. It's new every day. And we thank you, Lord, and pray that you'll cause us to be mindful of opportunities to, to share with others, to pull them from the fire, as it were, and to um, do so, Lord, in a upright, righteous um proclaimer of truth way we love we love you and we we know that we're here for such a time as this and um, we just pray a covering over everybody in this house and throughout our network everybody hearing my voice these are difficult and tumultuous days lord and the enemy is just seeking to devour and to destroy whom he will and we pray for the hedge of protection covering lord uh, just a, 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 an infilling of the holy spirit may we wake up every morning just praising the holy spirit and asking Holy Spirit to commune with us through the day, to guide us, to teach us in all things and in all righteousness. Father, we love you and we glorify you and we ask your blessings on this day. And Lord, may we bless you in all that we say and all that we do. In Jesus' name, amen.